Hi everyone, as you guys know, I have started this podcast to share my journey with all of you. And what better way to do that than to share journeys of other entrepreneurs that have also been on their own journeys. And today I have Samuel, he is an account and business coach and he is coming all the way from the south of Brisbane. Are you thinking of becoming an entrepreneur but you're not exactly sure if that is for you? Or you have tried a few times but you have failed? Or maybe... You are currently on your journey, but you're not exactly sure you're taking the right path and if you're doing the right things. Follow along on this podcast where I will be sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you all. I will be sharing my successes, my failures, and also my challenges. The best part is I will also be interviewing fellow entrepreneurs that will be sharing their stories and their successes. This is my podcast, Entrepreneurial Journey, and I am Joy Nicholson. Hi, how are you doing? Hey Joy, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for accepting the, you know, to actually be on my podcast. I really do appreciate your time. So just a little bit about you. Can you tell people where you're from? Where did you grow up? You know, just a little bit of a background on you. Sure. So I've I've, I've grown up on on the south side of Brisbane for, for most of my life. So um, long, long time native. We we live between Brisbane City and the Gold Coast. So uh, perhaps that's that's what most people know uh, this this part of Australia for nice sunny beaches, and, and we have those which we love. But uh, at the moment we're we're enjoying uh, a chilly winter, so we're uh, not not much beach going right now. But uh, uh, that, that's where we are, and we we love it. My my background is is largely based in in tax and business advisory. I've, uh, that, that's where my qualifications are and we've been building an accounting practice. It's, it's, we've got a bit of a family history in that space and we're, we're developing it uh, as, as that industry changes and there's a fair bit of change going on right now. We're, we're developing into the advisory and, and business coaching space. So uh, lots, lots of change happening and it's an exciting time to be an entrepreneur. That is awesome. That sounds like so much fun, though. I'm not a I'm not a, a, a county type person at all. So it's one of those things that I'll get <laughs> somebody to do for me. <laughs> yeah, look, it's 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 pretty left brain. It, it's almost genetic in our family. Like we've been doing it for three generations. So wow. I, I guess I was just born that way. <laughs> wow, that's that's fantastic. It's such a strong um, what do you call it? Um, thingy to have. Oh, I'm struggling with my words today. Um, skill it's a strong skill to have that's awesome yeah it's it's, it's been good we, we, we love it as, uh, unusual, as unusual as a love of accounting is we uh, we, we enjoy it <laughs> that's, that's fantastic have you always been an entrepreneur or is that something that you discovered as you grow older so I think my first uh, I guess entrepreneurial experience was as a teenager so a bit of background. I'm one of seven kids, so it's a, it's a pretty huge family. Wow, yeah. And uh, when when I was was growing up, it, it became apparent very quickly that if I wanted to to do things, I would have to earn money because pocket money wasn't something there was a whole great deal of in our house. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when I after the second or third time of asking my parents, you know, can we can we get this or can we get that? Uh, Dad just sat me down and said, look, if, if you want these things, it's, you're going to have to work for them. Happy to help teach you how to do that, but I'm not just going to open the wallet and dispense the money every time you want to do something. Mm. And so like, he, he took me to the, uh, 
the, the lawnmower store and he said, look, everyone needs their lawnmower and anyone can start this sort of business. Like, you know, and as a, like your skill level, at least to start off with, doesn't have to be massive. You need a mower and you need petrol. Obviously there's people that, that do that a lot better than 14 year old me did it, but he, like I, I was no landscape artist or designer, but he, he took me there and said, look, I'll buy the lawnmower and you'll pay me back as you mow our lawn and other people's lawn. Um, half of each mow will, will go into paying for the mower. I got an early experience on vehicle financing <laughs> and then uh, just slowly grew from there. And I did that for a number of years and decided uh, that I wanted to do other things and, and that, that was the start. So I've, I've always enjoyed the notion of being an entrepreneur, being your own boss. Um, I, I still work with my father, like our, our accounting practice is, we both uh, trade in it as principals in the practice. So we, we still have a quite a close relationship and uh, that, uh, that I've, I've learned a great deal from him and, and that's slowly, uh, that's continually evolved as, as we've gone on. That is so cool. I think your parents are amazing to actually teach you something like that. That is a really, really great foundation to start entrepreneurship on. And how long did you make lawn for? I, I did it until I was 17. So I did it for three years. Uh, once, I, once I graduated high school, like I graduated when I was 17, I decided, you know, I, I wanted to do other things. I, like, I, I liked the money that came from the lawn mowing. I liked the fact that it wasn't hard to find clients. Literally, you'd be yeah. knowing someone's lawn and the neighbour would call out something at you, you know, just a joke, say, oh, when you're done there, just come here. And so I, I would. I would go over and say, mate, like, I've got time. Do you want me to take care of it? It'll cost X. And, you know, soon you'd be mowing, like, the whole street. Yeah. And it was good because it was readily growable, but it wasn't something I wanted to do forever. I wasn't passionate about it. I just... I liked working, I liked earning the money, and I liked to be my own boss, but I wanted to do other things. Like more. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to do more than mow lawn. <laughs> like, not, not, not to disparage anyone that does that as a business, but I, it, it, wasn't, it didn't tick a box for any lifelong ambition. I wanted to help people on a wider scale, which is why I went into accounting, business advisory and coaching because I, I can work with people every day and I'm not just meeting a need, it, it changes people's lives. As their business grows, I'm sure you've seen that joy as your business has, has grown, it, it's changed the shape of your life and that, that's what I love doing. That's awesome. What is, the, is what you're doing now the first business have, that you've tried or did you try something else before this? I have tried lots of different things with varying degrees of success. So yeah. along the way, in and around mowing lawns and accounting, I've done a range of things. I've, I've taught Japanese like as, as a tutor. Like I, I, I know it as a second language and spent some time living over there. So I've, I've done that as a, as a small business and tried to do some sort of educational programs around that. I had pretty limited success at that, to be honest. I didn't understand enough of, mm. of that business at the time. And I think I would do better if I tried now with the knowledge I had today. Mm -hmm. um, back then, I, I struck out pretty well. Um, I also 
for a little while. Uh, I was, was running a channel on YouTube around gaming and esports. So there's a couple hundred videos of me commenting, commentating computer games, like that sort of thing. I, I've tried lots of different things. Right now, I, I, I predominantly uh, work in our, in our family accounting practice, running that business with my father. And then I, I, I'm running the business coaching side of things myself and building that business. And I, I also actively uh, write and publish uh, fiction novels. So I, that, that's those are the things I I currently do. I I love to write. That's my creative side, and so I I build in a business there with with novels that I publish. So that is bits fascinating. Of I would have never thought that you would actually write. Did you say fiction novel? Yeah, so fantasy and From urban accounting fantasy. To fiction novel. That's crazy. It's, You're gonna have to tell me a little bit about this, please. It's it's at a it's at the absolute other end of the spectrum. But like yeah. growing up, I, I loved to read. I mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. Um, it's probably where I got the glasses <laughs> from. Nights spent reading, you know, after my parents had turned out the light, you know, so that probably wasn't good for my eyes, but I loved reading. Uh, at school, I enjoyed writing, like any sort of English assignment was always a short story of one, one description or another. And then uh, when, when I uh, got home, because I spent some time living in Japan, and mm -hmm. when, I, when I got home from that, I, I decided. I'd really like to do a bit more of it. So I started learning about the self-publishing space. I, I wrote my first book, I think I published in September of 2016, and I'm about to publish this month my ninth book. And wow. so I've, I've, I've learned a lot about that process uh, from, awesome. from book to book. So I'm still like in the author space, I'm still like a, a, a small author that's definitely learning and growing, but it, it's fun. I've, I have readers, they, they follow what I do, they, they love to read the books that I write. So I'm, I'm learning and growing, like most businesses, mm -hmm. there's lots of skill sets I didn't expect I would need when I started that, and I'm trying to build and develop as I go. But it's also interesting the parts of that business that are also in common with other businesses. So some of the knowledge that I've learned, obviously from accounting and coaching businesses, obviously has been readily transferable to, to the way I've decided I'll, I'll build my, my author platform. So yeah. it's been fun learning experience to be sure. That's awesome. But that must make you really good in copywriting though. It's, it's, it's improving me. That's something that's, it's been really hard for me. Like I can write a 60,000 word novel in a month, Joy, right? I can do that consistently. Wow. But when you say, hey, Sam, write a three paragraph blurb for that book, I agonize over that for hours. Like some, something that, uh, that it's been a real challenge to try and condense and make it snappy. I, I know that, uh, that you've done done a lot with quick funnels and one funnel away challenge and things. I learned a lot going through that process yeah. that I've started applying into what I do as, as an author and also obviously my other businesses on copywriting. That was something that was a skill that very much had to be learned because I could do things in a long form, but the short, snappy, 
curiosity inspiring snippet that that's something that that's that's really taken me time to to, to work out and get better at so it's it's still probably got a lot of room for improvement it's not easy to do copywriting people think it's easy but it's actually not it is quite hard it is if you don't know what you're doing it is definitely not easy no i agree 100 <laughs> percent. so what do you currently do to advertise your business you know how do you get that traffic to come to you sure so like in in our accounting business like we we benefit from the fact that we we have We've, we've been around a little while and um, referrals obviously happen quite yes. naturally for that business. We, we have such a, a strong uh, brand recognition and uh, we've built up a lot of goodwill. The problem with that, of course, is you can't control when they show up. They just come. Like some weeks you might have a dozen and other weeks you, you won't have any. So we, we've... We don't wholly rely on that, though we do definitely receive many, many clients that way. We do advertise on, on Google and Facebook uh, pretty, pretty steadily. Um, mm -hmm. Seasonally, particularly, we have times of the year that are busier than others. So we augment, obviously, the slower times with a heavier ad presence. Mm -hmm. But most, most actively, to be honest, in, in our accounting practice, most of the new work is driven uh, by, by relationships. So we will actively work with local businesses to, to generate that, that, those uh, new business recommendations. I mean, even today, we have someone coming in at one o'clock. They're, they're a financial planner. They've worked with an accountant locally and they literally feed all of their work to that accountant. But over a number of years, the relationship has soured, the work's not getting done very well and that's reflecting poorly on them mm -hmm. so they're, they're coming to see us on understanding that if we can do what we say we do they're yeah. going to send all of that work to us that's almost an entire practice worth of work wow. that could drop in our lap simply from one good relationship that's that's yeah. been slowly built over time i mean yeah i started playing basketball with one of them years ago uh, there's never any talk of business, but we built a relationship. Then as he became qualified as a financial planner, obviously we've kept that relationship. Mm -hmm. And now it's turned into something that could very soon yield a tremendous amount of business. And we do that extensively. And it's, it's probably our key source of new business in, in, in the accounting and, and business coaching space. Um, the, the author stuff is entirely social media ad-driven. Like I collaborate with other authors, but predominantly I drive paid traffic to, to Amazon and other platforms. That's like the easiest way to scale. Um, I don't know. Just an interesting question for you. Because you guys are in a quite a different niche to what I've interviewed before, which I absolutely love because it's quite refreshing. But do you guys ever go and place an ad in a newspaper or a radio or do something like that? Because you're more like a small business owner, you know, than just do everything online. We, we have. We, we've done it a lot in the past. We don't do as much of it anymore. And the reason behind that is it became difficult to measure the effectiveness. Yes. 
and we, we, I mean, we've, we've been at it a long time. We try really hard to every inbound client, we find out where they learned about us and we try really hard to measure it. But in a day where all of our digital advertising can tell us precisely where a person came from, mm -hmm. we've gotten a little tired of the lack of reportability that some of those other mediums have. We could place an ad in a paper and it might generate great clients or it yeah. might generate nothing. And sometimes it's, it's very hard to tell because they might have seen us in the paper and then looked us up on Google yes. and our Google metrics capture that, but we, it's, it's hard to track the origin. Yes. And so we, we do it occasionally and we do it uh, to meet certain needs or if there's, if there's something topical that happens in, in the community or relevant, we might uh, run that. Like, um, I can give you an example that it'll sound really, really weird and out there, but um, one, one of our, one of the um, offices that we had, we noticed one year we were getting a lot of new clients from, from another practice. And, it, you know, in accounting, you always get new clients from other places, but it's not as common for all of them to be coming from the same particular uh, competing business. And so we thought, this is a little bit weird. And so we asked one of them, we said, oh, you, you know, we're like, why did you pick us? What happened? Well, it turned out that one of our major competition had actually broken the law and been put in jail. So their entire business wow. had essentially been closed. Wow. And yeah. we realised, obviously, that there was a major need because they're a large player in the area with, with many clients and all of those clients would currently be looking for new clients so at that time we, we did you know we took out a thing in the paper and we tried we did everything in that local area we could yeah. to spread an awareness of us as an available choice and yeah. so we do it we do it situationally it just just sort of depends what what we try to meet whatever need we're, we're facing at the time. Yeah. And so we just try to be a bit dynamic there. We don't do it all day, every day, but we definitely do it from time to time. Yeah, that is, that's, a very, that's a very clever way to do it. That's for sure. Um, I've tried to do local advertising before, but I haven't had much success. My Facebook advertising is my most successful, you know. I, I agree with you. I have the same experience. The, the, I think the only consistent sort of local paper that we've done is one in an extreme sort of country town. We, we have one of our staff that moved out there some time ago and so she still yeah. does work in that location. And we take an ad in that paper because it's such a small town community and it actually has some measurable effect. Yes. But I agree with you. We we see a lot more traction from from our online advertising than we do through other mediums. Mm, definitely. How hmm. times have changed. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, ten years ago, we would have had ads in local papers. We had like we advertised everywhere, even like doctor's surgeries they have those like appointment cards we had like advertising on the back of them yes we, we had every type of print advertising you can imagine 10 years ago today it's largely facebook google and other, other yes. digital platforms yeah but that's 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 life and that's how that's how business changes every day 
It's awesome. Ten years, ten years from now, it'll be something wholly different again. <laughs> we'll have these little, um, you know, like in the movies where this little person pops out and this little glowing person and <laughs> talk to people's heads. And it, it wouldn't surprise me. I think things like those push notifications on your phone are going to become more invasive. Like that advertising space, I think, is is going to be the next battleground. It's like you're not even on a social media platform, but things are being pushed you or geographically through your maps and other things like I could see lots more of that I don't know I'm I'm not not an expert in that space but I, I think that battleground will just continue to to evolve I agree with you I agree with you <laughs> definitely gonna get you know I think your privacy going forward is going to be a lot less than it is at the moment anyway yeah I, I think privacy it's something we all value, but even already, it's massively invaded, and I think that's just—it's just going to become part of life. Uh, the government here has tremendous. And I'm not—I'm not a conspiracy. Just to clarify, I'm not a conspiracy theorist because I work in tax, yeah. where we deal with them every day, and the volume of information they have on the average person mm -hmm. is absolutely staggering. Um, and so I think privacy yep. is going to be massive, massively invaded uh, in, in the coming years. I, I, and I think it already is, but I think it will continue to happen. Because, you know, the thing is with, um, with privacy and social media. So you know how it is, like you have to publish yourself and get yourself out there and just, you know, have that attractive character and that's as you know that's something that really helps to build your business and building that relationship and a lot of the people that sign up with me they don't want to do that because it's like their privacy but i'm thinking at the same time it's already invaded so just do it in a positive way <laughs> you know just use it to your advantage rather than worry about it yeah it's yeah exactly i i get that like I'm pretty introverted naturally like my natural inclination there was a hundred people in a room I'd be the person in a corner on my own facing the wall sort of thing. Like I, I'm not the per the life of the party and I'm not naturally a share all sort of person, mm -hmm. but I learned, uh, I learned the lesson that you're talking about uh, as I was sending out my author newsletter, right? I'd have thousands of people that I'd email out about stuff mm -hmm. and I'd get very few responses. Like people would go and they'd buy the book and they would, they would interact with the newsletter, but I would get little feedback from it. You know, there wasn't a stack of reply emails, even though I established myself as a very approachable author. Like I don't consider myself aloof or anything. You know, if a reader wants to come ask me anything, they can go wild. Like I'll happily answer and interact with them, but I was getting very little of it back. And I thought, you know, like what's going on? Other authors, like, talk about all these types of emails they get and it doesn't happen for me and so I signed up for their emails just just to see what they were sending out and to learn better how to do it mm. and they were doing things that I consider like oversharing like so I'm like I would never put that out there but I realized the whole reason that they were getting engaged with is because of mm. what they were sharing and yeah. like each email I sent had no response and then I sent an email it was right about the time I was launching a book and my son was born at the same time. And in the email, I told the funny story of, well, funny perhaps for me, but not so much 
for my wife. But the funny story of us traveling to the hospital mm-hmm. and the fact that like, you know, we we were we were speeding, Joy. I'm not gonna lie, we were we were exceeding the speed limit. And our, our midwife was also traveling to the hospital and I saw a police car and I knew that like we were speeding. I thought these guys are gonna pull us over, but they ignored us, but they stopped our midwife. So like we got to the hospital and the person who's meant to be helping my wife give birth had been like held up by the police. Oh no. And so like eventually they let her go and she didn't get a fine or anything. She explained who she was and why she was speeding. And it was all okay in the end. But I shared that story in my newsletter and I got like 10 times more responses than I'd ever had to any newsletter ever. And I barely mentioned any of my books or anything. It was all about random story from my life, but that's what got all of the response. And I thought, okay, I guess in spite of the fact that the thing that, everyone on the list is a reader and they like to read and they like to read my books. Mm-hmm. They also want to know something about me. Yes. Even though I thought, you know, who, who would want to know about me? They just want to know about when the next cool book they can read is coming out. But mm-hmm. I was wrong. And that was something I learned and, and trying to get better at doing. You have to filter it. Like I have kids and I don't want to cover my Facebook with like private things about my kids, but like it, it's something that my readers are are interested in, you know. Mm. Like, what do I do when I'm not typing the next story? Like, yes. uh, people care, so it's, it's that's counterintuitive, at least for me. But. <laughs> that's the thing you don't because people want to know you as a person. They want to know who they're getting into business with, and if they can't trust you, if it's just business, 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 and I can't trust you as a person, then. You know, like I said, it's like with your, your what's it, basketball connection that you had this relationship with and now you're having this great meeting today. I know it's going to be a great meeting, but this is the thing because it's that relationship that you keep building up for like a long time. Uh, absolutely. Like their office, right, in, in terms of space, that office is less than five kilometers from our office. Wow. But they have, they have 30 other accountants in that space that they could choose from and the only reason we're getting the meeting is because of their relationship Um, that's it that's that's the that's a golden nugget right there (laughs) Uh, so samuel a question for you why do you contribute to your success what is that thing that makes you successful um you you touched on it earlier it's my parents basically i Sorry, just one moment. <clears throat> so uh, most of what I know, I learned from my parents in, in one respect or another. My love of reading came from my mother and that's where I learned most things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I went to university and did those things. But most of what I learned, particularly as an entrepreneur, I learned through reading books by other entrepreneurs or taking programs and those sorts of things, which is something that my mother's taught me. And my father is responsible for a great deal of of who I am. I've I've worked beside him. He's taught me how to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. how to be good at business, how to win clients, how to take care of them, how to build a lifetime value in your business. So a great great deal of it comes from uh, my parents and then other other mentor figures that I've had. Mm-hmm. While I have 
you know, a university education and I've gone through professional training as an accountant and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, I don't mean to dismiss or disparage that. Like I, I had to do that. It was part of the journey and yeah. I literally mandated that I had to do it. Yes. But a great deal of what I do every day has mm -hmm. very little to do with my professional study and everything to do with what I've learned from my parents and other entrepreneurs that I've dealt with. So I place, place a huge uh, emphasis on having, having good coaches and mentors and, and people that you can work with and learn from. So yeah, that's, that's, that's where it comes from. Oh, definitely. You can't be successful without a mentor. Well, you have to be a very, very, very special type of person to do, to have massive success without a mentor. But I've never heard of any big successful person that has no mentor. Everybody has a mentor. Yeah, I agreed. Like there's this big, uh, like falsehood or fallacy in society that there's an emphasis on being a self-made man or woman and people seem to aspire to that they want to have you know done it on their own mm. but i think uh, yeah i think i think that hurts a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs and mm. while people can be successful grinding it out on their own with no mentor it's a slow approach it, it takes a long time like what i yeah. learned from that one funnel away challenge might have taken me years to work out on my own and i learned it in 30 days from a great mentor a great teacher like a, Exactly. I'm all about learning from other people. Yeah, that's the thing. It takes years of like the actual process to, to start making money and be successful. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any advice that you can give entrepreneurs that want to start this journey, but they're a little bit unsure if they want to become entrepreneurs and they're still like in a nine to five job or an eight to five job, what is that little piece of advice that you will give them? You can do it. Yeah. Uh, I, it's it's so hard to start with the feeling that like people are paralyzed by fear of failure. They, what if I try it the first time and I don't succeed? Most people don't succeed with their first product or their first idea or their first foray in the business, but they always learn something and they don't repeat the same mistake the second time. And you can do it and you can get there in our practice. We, we have several hundred business clients and mm -hmm. they, they make a great living. They, they earn good money in a wide variety of businesses, everything from repairing like airplane seats and upholstery through wow. to drop shipping products all over the world um, with every degree of trade mixed in there. Something I know is that you can be successful. It's not so much the industry you're in that, that mm -hmm. you're in. It's 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 your attitude towards it, the quality of your work, and how much you think about what you're doing and adapt. Because everything changes, and if you you think and adapt, you you can and will succeed. Absolutely. You nailed it. It's so true. It is so true because people have this and I've spoken to people and I said to me, but I'm in the wrong industry and what I'm doing is not going to make money. I'm like, no, it's not. It's your, you can make money. All you need is just to learn the principles and the concepts behind all of that and follow the process. Really. Absolutely. And yeah. people's thoughts are so important. Like I, the book think and grow rich is, is quoted from a lot, but a concept that's really prevalent in that book and throughout most you know, um, coaching programs and things is the importance of your thought. 
what you think about does become your reality and, and not in a woo-woo fluffy sort of way but if you spend all day every day telling yourself you can't do it your business can't succeed well you won't be surprised when that's what happens but when you tell yourself that you can do it and then you take that positive thought back it up with a plan and then do the plan every day the mm -hmm. only part that's left is look at what went right look at what went wrong do more of what went right and less of what went wrong and by even by trial and error and a bit of coaching or mentoring, you will get there. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, you, you know, Stefan Larson, I'm sure. Um, and he's yeah. a, he always says, like, is that patterns? Go find those patterns, you know, learn the patterns because that's where you get your success is those patterns. Absolutely. And it makes yeah, a big I'll... difference. When you, once you understand those patterns, it's like, wow, <laughs> it's a new world. <laughs> I love I love Stephen's uh, coaching. He's awesome. Call. He's fantastic. One of my favourite things to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. There's patterns for success and patterns in most trades, and the good businesses and the successful ones long term are the ones that with those patterns you can follow them or yeah. innovate or take them to the next level. Exactly, exactly. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything that you can, you know, like people want to find you guys? Do you do just, um, do you do overseas type accounting like somebody saying in the United States that you help, would you help out or are you only based locally? So our, our accounting and tax is, is, is locally based. Our, our expertise is, is in Australian law. So what we can do internationally is a little limited there, but our business coaching platform is is not specific to australia can help anyone in any country launch and grow a successful business so we, we have one existing program out that teaches people how to master the numbers of their business and use them to to grow their business that's and we have a, a program that will launch in the next 30 or 60 days that's all about launching a successful startup and growing it to that six-figure mark so that you can leave your day job behind and and uh, run a successful business so that that program will be the six-figure startup and while it's not available just yet it will be very soon but all of our things can be found at, at our website which is masteryourbusiness.com.au okay master business. and what we'll do is we'll definitely drop a link on the bottom and you That'd know find you guys as well um because i think it's such, a, it's such an important thing because i mean me myself now i've learned and you know it's one of those things you take the long way because you don't really know the processes but you know now i understand what to do but a lot of people when they start out it is not that easy to get into those you know specifically the accounting side and yeah. then the measuring part of it it's, it's true so that, that's why we, we developed that and uh, you, you can reach out and, and connect with me on, on Facebook and social media. I'm always, always happy to answer people's questions. I think it's, it's what I do. I, I love what I do. So I'm uh, more than happy to answer any questions that, that people might have. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Simon. I had a great time having this interview with you. It was very refreshing and uh, I've learned a lot, actually. I always learn a lot with my interviews, but it's always great. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, have fun with your meeting at one o'clock. Thanks, Joy. I'll let you know how it goes. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's, it's been a delight. I will uh, be in touch soon. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye.